Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to pull them out and I want you to turn with me to Hebrews. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Just what is the world's message? If you listen to the news at all or you listen to anything that's going on in society, you, you see there, there's a lot of things happening. What is the world's message? Matter of fact, I should be asking this question. Because this question would be more accurate. What is your message for the world? You see, because really that's where in all this lies. See, when I was reading this portion of scripture this week, this text, it grabbed a hold of me and it wouldn't let me let it go. I tried writing down some other things and trying to pray to go another way and God kept taking me back to this one simple verse. And I began to ask myself these questions. I mean, we live in a, in a society today and it's, it's propagating all kind of messages for us. How we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to think, uh, what we're supposed to do and where we're supposed to go and what we're supposed to buy and what we're supposed to do for our activities. It just goes on and on. But then God grabbed a hold of my mind when he asked me the question, well, what is your message for the world? And I had to ponder on that for a few minutes. I said, well, Lord, you know, obviously my number one message for the world is that the world be saved. He said, well, that's my message. What are you doing about the message? And I really began to grasp on that. So if you're with me in Hebrews chapter 7, and verse 25, it says this. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost, that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I pray this morning that as you begin to speak to our hearts, Lord, prepare our hearts, Father, for the message you have given us to, to translate to the world, to give to the world. Father, let us yield to your word and become bolder disciples for you. And we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So what is the Christian message? Obviously, I could ask that anyone in this room, what is the Christian message? And each one of you would probably give me the same answer. Salvation. Because that is, in fact, the Christian message. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. So now we know in the words of Jesus why he came. And we go on into Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 through 13. And it says here that if thou shalt confess with the Lord Jesus or confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt 
believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with thy heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with thy mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is over all. When we become a Christian, when we come to Jesus Christ as our Savior, He begins to blossom a beautiful message within us. A beautiful message that is, that is directed for the whole world. Not just a select few people, but for the whole world. Why? That the whole world would be saved. That the whole world would know the meaning of the cross. You see, I think a lot of times we know the meaning, we know the message, but we really aren't wanting to spread it. Kind of reminds us as little children when we were growing up, and I'm sure some of you could relate to this, I can, with having grown up with five other siblings, that when Christmas came and the gifts were ripped open and all the toys were on the floor, I would gather mine up and go hide. I didn't want anybody playing with my toys because I just knew they would break them. And then I wouldn't have it anymore. But inevitably, after a few hours, having brothers that are close to my age within a year, older and a year younger, well, actually a few years older, but the other two brothers are a year or two younger than me. Ultimately, we would all get together and we would play together and we would Ultimately, after a few hours after that, we'd start getting on each other's nerves. And right away it would be, Mom! You ever done that? You ever hear your kids coming? Mom, they're picking on me! My mom would yell from the other room, Fight nice, children! <laughs> I never understood that. Maybe there are some parents of an older generation in here that could help me understand what fight nice means? Never grasp that thought. But in Hebrews 7.25 it also says, wherefore he is able to save what we just read to the, them to the uttermost them that come to God. What does Jesus mean? That he is able to save completely to the uttermost. No one else can add to what Jesus has already done for us. Nobody can go to the cross for us. Jesus already has. He's already paid the price. There are religions out there that say if you go to the priest or this person or that person, they're going to get you in. Might take a certain amount of money, but you'll, you'll have a spot. You see, church, 
Salvation is not just going to church, getting religion, living better, or joining a church. Some people feel that if I just go to church on a regular basis, I'll, I'll have a place in glory. Jesus understands that I'm, I was too busy. Sometimes it takes a personal dealing from the Savior to get us where he needs us to be. We understand the meaning of the word. Salvation, deliverance, safety. In Exodus 14, 13, Moses says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, and still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you unto the day. He was talking to, when he was talking to the Egyptians, he was telling them to stand steady. David reminds us in Psalms 3, 8, Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessings shall be upon his people. And then Luke reminds us that Jesus said unto them, This day salvation comes to thy house. For so much also is a, the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. He came to seek and to save us to the uttermost. From all destruction, He came. So let me ask you this thought. What will salvation do? If you begin to ask yourself yourself that question, what will salvation do? Well, we know that it is able to save to the uttermost. Completely, finally, perfectly, for all eternity. It will change completely your destination. Every man is on his way to a destination. Once that train leaves the station, sometimes it's a little hard to turn it back. A lot of us get on that gospel train, so to speak, and we're heading in the right direction, and we're moving steadily. But all of a sudden... The enemy steps in and derails you. Throws your train right off track. And then next thing you know, all kind of mischief has come your way. All kind of heartache, misfortune. And you're like, why me, Lord? You ever been there? I've been there. I'm like, okay. What do you want me to do? I'll do it, I promise. The Lord reminds us that sometimes we have to go back to where that train is derailed and get it back on track and moving in the direction that he wants us to do. But you see, the problem with us is, the problem with people are, and I've been in these shoes, so I'm, I'm picking on me too here. I get my train back on the track and I start making it go backwards. You know why? Because I liked how it was before. I don't like what I'm seeing ahead. So I want to go back to the safety zone. I don't want to move forward to that danger zone. We don't want to move forward into that uncomfortable spot. Oh, here comes Susie from the office. She really needs Jesus. And Lord, I wish you'd just give me a word to say to her. And she comes up and she says, well, what kind of weekend do you have? And then you totally turn up. Well, I don't want to tell her about Jesus. I don't want to tell her I had a great time with Jesus this weekend. After, I mean, she may just rip me apart. 
But you know what? Those are the kind of people Jesus wants you to address. Those are the kind of people that Jesus wants you to say, well, I had a very pleasant weekend this weekend. I hope you had a good one too. Those kind words, guess what it stirs away from? Guess what it takes away? Strife. It, it, it catches people off guard. And they're like, oh, I got to be nice. It softens the, the road. It softens your walk. And then all of a sudden people want to be like, oh, how nice. You a, what'd you do? It was so good this week. Well, I went to church and man, Jesus just lit me up. Really? I was on vacation and God chose my vacation time. I want to believe that I chose it, but he chose it. As you know, Virginia was having surgery this past week, and we went away the week before, and I called in on Tuesday. to I Something had hit my mind that I forgot to tell them that needed to be taken care of, and so I called, and they said, why are you calling? I said, well, I just remembered something, and I just wanted to share there's, well, there's nobody here to take, take care of it. That's what we mean, there's nobody to take care of it. Well, we, in our store, we have four employees, and then me as a driver, five, and then there's a couple guys in the warehouse. All of them but one was out with COVID. <laughs> God chose my time to be away. <laughs> so it was perfect timing, you know, to be gone. It's like Virginia could tell her doctor she wasn't exposed to anybody. <laughs> you know? So it worked out. For, I said, well, you know what? I'll, I'll talk to Virginia about coming back. I'll, I'll come back early. I'll leave them here in Orlando, and I'll come back and, and help her I can. And he said, if I was you, I wouldn't come back to this COVID-infested place. I'd stay where you are. I said, all right, thanks. Bye. Click. <laughs> and I stayed. <laughs> But I got thinking as we were going to be celebrating our 35th wedding anniversary, I thought if I would have went back, I might not have seen that 35 years. <laughs> My wife wouldn't have understood. Listen, we all have a destination. We all have choices to make. We are all, and we all have the ability to choose our own destiny. How is that? Because Jesus said that each one of us have our own choice. We have a free will. So we can choose what we want to do. He would choose that we would choose his will. But it's the final destination, church, that matters. It's the final destination that matters. You see, salvation will completely change your outlook on life. The purpose of living. The case of Zacchaeus. You remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A little wee little man was he. He got up in a sycamore tree for Jesus he wanted to see. And you know, Jesus came by and said, come down, I want to go to your house today. A life-changing transformation by Jesus to Zacchaeus. That same transformation can be had by all. 
You see, the standard of values, his standard of values had changed when he came in contact with the Savior. You see, church, our standards change when we have a true experience with the Savior. Everything changes about us. We aren't the same. We aren't supposed to be the same. We're supposed to be changed by the renewing of our minds. And we're supposed to be changed everything. Not just the outer appearance, but the inner. A lot of people want to go to church and play church, but they don't have church inside of the church. What? Wait, Pastor, you just lost me. A lot of people play church, but they don't have church in the church. You see, your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's your church. A lot of people have a sign on their church, closed. Your church needs to be open 24-7. Some people say, well, you know, I'm just passing through. After this life, there's nothing. How discouraging. That's discouraging to me. Once I die, that's just it. No. See, I like the thought, and, and not the thought, it's the knowledge of knowing what Christ's word says. That when I close my eyes in death, I open my eyes to eternal glory. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm open to forever living with the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, there's going to be a party going on up there like nobody's business when me and Karen show up. <laughs> She's going to bring her glasses with her. Oh, no, I'm talking about the party glasses. I'm not talking about these. I'm not talking about the ones I need right now. She has a bag of party glasses that don't quit. And I love them. You saw them one day. I wore them here. They were great. Listen, there's going to be a great expectation of joy when we, when we get to heaven. There's going to be a great gathering together. There's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I won't even talk about the, the feast, the banquet table. I'll skip that today. With all the roast beef and gravy and mashed potatoes and the green beans and the, the carrots and this big salad for my wife with all the stuff she likes in it. It will change completely your outlook on death. David said, I will both lie me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, will only make me dwellest in safety, in Psalms 4.8. He's telling us there will be a refuge, there will be safety. Hebrews 2.15 says, deliver me from the fear of death. Christ's death and resurrection frees us from the fear of death because the death was defeated. Every person will die unless the Lord returns. But it's the resurrection that will take place that will reunite us all. And that's only the beginning. Yes, we will have trials and tribulations while we're here on the earth. I know that's not something you want to hear the pastor say on Sunday morning, that I'm going to have trials and tribulations. But we have them. But you know what? The Lord says, count it all joy. 
Do you count your trials and tribulations joy? No, you don't. Because when I, my knees hurt in the morning, I'm like, ugh. I got this bruise here this week. I mean, it's this big around. It's huge. I was grabbing a hold of this bucket, and I didn't realize the little bale was hanging down the little handle, and it pinched me. And I'm like, why? That hurt. Jesus was wanting to wake me up. Whom, to whom is salvation available? It's available to Gabby. It's, ava it's available to Tom, Doris, little Neil. I don't know your name. Ed. Elabelle. It's, it's, salvation is available to all. To all those who come to Jesus by faith. The single, the single requirement. There is a certain scholastic rating for college, but not for salvation. There is a certain trade that you must know to get the employment that you're seeking, but not for salvation. A certain age to obtain privileges but not for salvation. You see, church, the world may put many requirements on you, on all kinds of things, but just know this, Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. There were no requirements. He wasn't saying, well, I'm looking for those who are like, well, they're, they're, they're on the verge of getting straight. I'll, I'll go after them. I'm going to give, I'm gonna, maybe I'll go after those ones who are, who, who, who are living right. They don't, they're not saved, but they're, they're not living wrong. They're just, they're just there, you know. That's who I'm after. No, he came to seek to save the lost. We were all lost. All of us. And Jesus said, whosoever will may come. Who, so, so are you one of those that came? You know, I, I, I said to myself, when I was thinking of this, Lord, why this message today? Why this message? It's so simple. Church, you know the people. God, God you know the people that, that, are, that are at Victory Fellowship. You know where they are. Why this simple message? He was reminding me that the gospel is not complicated. It's not complicated. Although there are some who try to make it that way. They try to make it seem that salvation is almost impossible. But it's not. For he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How simple is that? I'm like, but God, our, our people know that. But I believe sometimes we need to be reminded. I think these are the, the essence of what God is saying this morning is, is we need to go back to the basics so that we can start drawing them. God draws the hearers to you. He's not drawing them into this building. He's drawing them to you that you will share the gospel message. 
that you will share with them that Jesus loves them. He has died for them. He has paid a price for them. And my last question for you this morning is, how can I be sure it will last? Because he says he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Putting my hand in his hand and letting him lead me home. My trust is in the Lord. I have to trust. I, I don't know why I go through situations that I go through. I don't know why he puts you through the trials that you go through. But if you trust him and you seek him, he will lead you through those difficult times. Those troubling situations. He has a way of doing that for you. Supposing I live 50 more years. Well, I didn't believe I just said that. But supposing Rosa lives 50 more years. Or Bob lives 50 more years. Know this, he ever liveth. Even when temptations increase and troubles become a, 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 like heaping on us like hot coal, he ever liveth. What if I don't feel this way tomorrow? What if I don't feel like serving Jesus tomorrow? He ever liveth. You see, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not going to change. He's not going away. <laughs> he ever liveth. What can that mean to me and you? What can that mean to us this morning? I watched a series while I was on vacation. Some of you may have seen it. It came through uh, my phone, actually, called The Chosen. So I binge-watched it, two seasons. Very, very good series on the life of Christ. And I tell you, I think they took a few liberties and added a few things but you know what it made me feel that Jesus is personal to every situation it made me feel as I watched it and it, 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 each episode captivated me that much more where I had to watch the next episode. And Virginia's like, well, let's go to bed. You go to bed, honey. i got to watch the next one. It just kept grabbing me. Next thing I know, was 3.30 in the morning, and I'm watching the last one. It just grabbed my... It just, it just made me. It just pulled me in. You see, that's how Christ's Word is. Christ's Word pulls us in. It doesn't let us go. We want to know more and more and more. We want to grow closer and closer and closer to Him. We want to know all that He knows. 
We want to live how he has called us to live. He has desired that we serve him. It's kind of like my car mechanic. When I ask him, I said, what, what, what exactly was wrong with the car? I said, he starts giving me a history of the car. Every fine little tune, every little bolt that had to be turned, every little hose that had to be, I mean, I thought, this guy has been living in my car. But church, the word of the living God right here in your hands, the word of the living God right here, it pulls us in. And we want to know more and more about it so that when we come in contact with people, we can share more and more about Jesus. Why? Because we don't live Jesus. We've had an experience with Jesus. And so because we've had that experience, we know more about him and, and we want to share more about him. And we want, to, we want people to know what we know and, and serve who we serve. So I go back to you now with the question that I asked you in the very beginning. What is your message for the world? Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your word, your message to us this morning. Lord, we have a message mandated by you for the world that you came and to seek and to save those who are lost. Lord, I pray this morning that your words have spoken life to us. Lord, that we now sense the urgency, not just living the word, but Father, spreading the word, sharing the word with all that we come in contact with. Lord, the message is urgent. The message is needed. Lord, may you ever liveth as you liveth, may you liveth inside of us. Lord, because your word has declared to us that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You won't leave us by the wayside. You will continually have your way with us. Lord, may I, I pray this morning that may each of us yield to you 100% that your will would be done. Lord, we know that trials and tribulations will come. We know that, that situations in life are going to happen. But Lord, we know that our walk with you is permanent. Nothing can change that. And Lord, I'm so thankful this morning that I have you in my life. And that I serve you with my whole heart. And I give you the praise and the glory and the honor this morning for what you have spoken to us. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name.